Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 147 of the podcast. Special guest today will be Mark Means from West Reserve Digital Radio and WBBW. 1240 uh, Sports, so we'll talk to uh, Mark. He will be my new high school football broadcast partner for 2021. And we have more announcements on that, as I will also be joining the Lawrence County Sportsnet, courtesy of James Dotson, my basketball partner. Uh, James been talking about starting his own online network mm-hmm. and is going to be a streaming network with uh, live video. So it's going to be quite a bit in her teaming up with uh, Trib Live. Everyone uh, may be familiar with that and that I've talked about the last few years. So a lot going on. Had an opportunity earlier today to talk to Mark. We're going to play that for you here shortly. But first, let's bring in my partner, Anthony. How are you doing, my friend? Great. It's nice to be back. And it's amazing that the fastest and up to date, the fastest 10 weeks of the year here we're three yeah. days away it was a shortened off season because we had football in the spring and then we had football in the summer also so we knew it was gonna be jam-packed but now with the ohio schedule and the pennsylvania schedule it's it's gonna be burning the midnight oil from here until prior december and just uh, a little side note i'm gonna have james on on a separate kind of mm-hmm. podcast on wednesday uh, is when he's gonna be available so wednesday he and i are gonna get together or maybe even tomorrow. I can't even remember. I have to check my notes. But uh, I'll have him on and to talk about the new network that he mm-hmm. has started. And we'll put that out separately. But we have Mark Means on here today. Mark spoke to him for about 10 minutes, talking about just the upcoming season and being the excitement of what's going on. And uh, should be a lot of fun hearing from Mark. A lot of football going on. Mm-hmm. Obviously, as you mentioned, uh, we had football in the spring with YSU. We had a GDFL summer, mm-hmm. and now we're into the regular football season where everyone is participating this year. Yes. Not just the high school and the NFL, but all colleges, all levels. And, uh, of course, Mark uh, Means, who we were talking about earlier, uh, covers, and we didn't talk about this with him. We'll have to bring him on later this year mm-hmm. to talk about Grove City Wolverines. And his uh, he's been there 10 years calling Wolverines action. So uh, it's amazing how long it's been, and uh, he, uh, as you'll hear in our interview, talk about it's been over 600 days since he's done a football game um, because he sat out last season because Mm -hmm. of the pandemic, and uh, he's very excited about getting back, and uh, it's going to be different. I'm looking forward to it, working with Mark, because he and I talk about it for, I don't know, on and off over the last 20 years, Mm -hmm. and we're going to do something together, and it just never worked out. Uh, obviously, we're both play-by-play mm-hmm. guys, so it doesn't really condone to that. I mean, there was times where I, I've reached out to him, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, I got an opening, but he found something else. Or, hey, I have an opening for you. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's just kind of worked that way for the, about the last 10 years or so. And uh, it's been really a good uh, friendship and partnership over the years. So I'm really looking forward this year. Mark and I are going to split the time uh, 50-50. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to do the first game of the season. Mark's going to do the Mooney and Hubbard game coming up week two. So uh, it's going to be unique. I get to do analysts, which I'm not used to. I've done a few games that way, but, but Mark and I kind of worked it out this summer. We did a couple of GDFL games. So you know, if you, watch, if you watch some of the baseball games or listen to some of the baseball games, they're going to more dual play-by-play guys where they just have conversation. You know, and yeah. that's... You uh, think of Hammy and Rosie. Yep. Yeah, okay. that's what I'm going to bring up, yeah. And, and, yeah, two play-by-play guys. They mm-hmm. don't have an analyst. It's almost like two different games, though. Yes. Because both of them are pretty much let the other dominate. Do their thing, yes. You know, Rosie chimes in a little bit when Hammy brings them in, in the first inning or so, or later in the game. But for about six, seven innings, it's really just Hammy, Hammy yeah. or Rosie. Rosie, yeah. For those few innings that uh, Rosie does. So it, it's a unique dynamic. We won't be... Like that. We'll be working together. Yeah, I, I expect this to be um, more conversational. I think it's going to be a little more in-depth, bouncing ideas and different mindsets and different views of the game right. off each other. And that's never a bad thing. It's it's going to be exciting. It's going to be different. Yeah. But after working through last year, we can get through anything. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting to just listen to the conversation. 
yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. And uh, as I mentioned, I will also be double dutying uh, with uh, Lawrence County mm-hmm. uh, Sportsnet with James Dotson, and I'll be partnering with James and with Lee Moan mm-hmm. from my uh, year with Lee uh, about God. Six, seven years ago now. I'm not sure exact year it was, um, but it was about five, six years ago minimum that Lee and I did the uh, season together. And then I did a few games filling in uh, with him the previous, the, the following season. And then we called a basketball game last year together. Mm-hmm. So it uh, should be a, a really great to see Lee again. Uh, Lee's uh, not afraid to bust my chops. So <laughs> it's, it's a good thing. I'm looking forward to it. Uh and uh, we have we have a lot of fun. So I'm look. I think in the long term we're going to do. It's going to be it's going to be really uh, a special event going over in uh, Lawrence County. And the good thing is, it, all those games will be live streamed, mm-hmm. uh, either audio or video or, or a combination of both. So it should be a lot of fun. And we'll talk to James uh, later this week. If I don't add it to this podcast, then it will be. A separate podcast about Lawrence County mm-hmm. uh, Sportsnet and how it all came about and what's going on and how everyone can listen. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. I know we've talked about, about what, what's going on, and it's been crazy. Um, I've been really busy, uh, either at work, mm-hmm. just my normal day job, uh, just around the house, uh, seeing friends, doing things, being active in the summer as much mm-hmm. as possible. It has been a jam-packed summer, and... Now I'm going to get something off my chest. This damn rain. Oh, my God. Every day. for Since, like, early July. It seems like we've probably had six weeks of rain. Four days a week. And it seems to, to be the only game. The only day it doesn't rain is when I go to the Indians games. <laughs> well, that's good. I actually got tickets. Well, sometimes up. I wish it would rain. <laughs> <laughs> well, how about this? For a story real yeah, quick. go ahead. Um, so... We look at the schedule we get out every year. Not a bad schedule this year. Manfred and his cronies do a terrible drop schedule anyway, so that's another podcast for next March. March, excuse me. So we look at the schedule, and thankfully I don't have a lot of day games, so I don't have to miss work, or I don't have to miss the game, because I'm not going to miss work for a game. Um, Unless it's opening day, of course. But, you know, if we're looking at the schedule, I'm like, oh... Only one day game in August against the A's. I'm like, you know what? I'll give my ticket away. No big deal. I have 24, 25 other games. It's, you know, not not going to break me. So I'm thinking, and the guy, where he, he's going on vacation this week. So I'm like, you know what? I might as well take a day. He's off Friday. He'll be off Thursday. I'll take Thursday off. And I'm thinking, you know what? If it's nice, I'll go up to the ball game. I've already sat through Tuesday's late inning collapse. I already watched the game Wednesday late inning collapse. And and I'm like, you know what? If it's nice, I'll go up. I'll buy a cheap ticket at the gate. And I'll sit there and have a nice time. And I'm like, ah. Eh. I get up Thursday morning. It's pouring down rain. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. And I'm thinking, I, you know, it's pouring rain. And my buddy in Cleveland says, yeah, it's still raining up here pretty good. And I said, you know what? I'm going to sit back today. Thank God I didn't go up. Thank God I didn't go up. 17 to <laughs> Oh, my God. 17 to Oh, nothing. my God. You know, it, the MLB Ballpark app keeps track of the games you win yes, to the record. Yeah. And it notified me that I'm 1-6 in, in my last seven games. <laughs> you ready for this? Yeah, go ahead. Every loss we've led by two runs past the fifth inning. Wow. Well, you know what? You can't make that up. No, but... Me personally. Yeah. um, That's a microcosm of what the Indians are this season. Mm Mm-hmm. Without starting pitching, you rely so heavily on your bullpen that you're asking so many innings out of those guys. As the game gets later, the chances of them not finishing out the game for a W gets larger. And that's why teams that are... 500, below 500. Mm-hmm. That's one of the problems you could identify right away is how many innings they're asking their bullpen to pitch and how many consecutive days pitchers have to pitch. And usually on the third and fourth appearance of a week, one of those pitchers will fail. Now, you also have young guys mm-hmm. who are probably 
in my opinion, uh, you know, not exhausted, but mentally fatigued. Yeah, I think they've run in the mental yeah, wall. Yeah, yeah, you do this when you're young. I mean, I think Karinchek has hit that wall. Oh, I, yeah, you yeah, know, I think he hit him. that. And I think I think Classe hit that wall right out of the All Star break. break. Yes, and he's kind of gone over it now. And Classe's pitched a little more than Karinchak in the minor, so he knows. You know, Karinchak yeah. was out with an arm injury, and then came up a couple of years ago. Didn't pitch much. Last year was a shortened season, so you didn't pitch half of what you would have. And now he pitched by June. Those two years combined, and it's... Yeah, and last year don't count. I mean, you got experience, but it was a 60-game season. Yeah, so you could go... Yeah, if he pitched 25 or 30 games last year, well, that's not that big of a deal in two months. But when you're doing over six months where you Mm -hmm. potentially could be in 60, 70, 80 games as a reliever, you kind of hit it all. And then you get what Major League Baseball did this year. Where they changed the rules on the sticky yes. stuff. Yes. And you've noticed, if you look mm-hmm. at uh, Karen Check's numbers since that oh, came about, yes. how it's changed. Drastically. I'm not saying that he, you know, my, my point is you're seeing pitchers go through these adjustment periods. And when you're young like he is, these adjustment periods may take longer at the major league level than most. I think you know? it's more... Yes, I think it's sticky stuff to an extent, but I think it's more mental. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think you it's more get, mental. You, you hit a uh, you know a wall, mm-hmm. and you, you're learning. And he's, you know, I want to say hyper, but he's, oh, he's hyper. He's he's very active. I was gonna he's say. very fidgety. Yeah, and, and active. And a lot mm-hmm. of the Indians pitchers over the last five years have been that mm-hmm. way. Uh, they've always worked through that. I mean, Clevenger had Bauer that. and Clevenger and yeah. Many of Karen them, many Jack of them and have. Parker, yes. yeah, many of them have that, and that's that seems to be a new norm. Yes, for a lot of pitchers. Uh, before it was always you were taught, you get the ball back, yes. take a deep breath, be calm, get into your windup, and make deliver your right. pitch. And now you see, you have routines, whatever that routine may be. Mm-hmm. If it's lifting the one leg, bouncing on it, if you do it routinely, it's fine. Obviously, I think it's you've noticed that in the change of Tristan McKenzie. From the first half of the year to the last seven, eight starts, minus the one start in Houston, I think you look at that, and he used to be very fidgety too. Grabbed the ball, tossed in the air, you know, just whatever he did. Now it seems to be a little more compact, get the ball, deep breath, throw it. Now he's in a, a groove, and you can see him getting in a rhythm. Um and yesterday's a perfect example where it seemed every time he caught the ball back from Hedges, he was on the mound ready to go. And when he gets in a rhythm, we saw yesterday why he was the Indians' number one prospect up until last year and they brought him up and then Nolan Jones became that number one prospect. So for years, from 2014, 15, 16, 17, it wasn't Shane Bieber, Zach Plesak, Aaron Savali. It was... Boy, you got to see McKenzie. Boy, you got to see McKenzie. You got to see his McKenzie kid. You got to see Tristan McKenzie. And then he had the arm injury, and they brought him up last year. And he had some, a nice couple of starts. He, didn't, he wasn't asked to pitch much. Um, and then the last six or seven starts, you're seeing why he was the Indians' number one prospect. And Ann Underwood said it really well yesterday on the broadcast. The, the last couple years, we've been really spoiled no matter who went down for whatever reason, we went to AAA, plugged him in, and we didn't miss a beat. That's not Major League Baseball. That's unheard of. You can't, you don't do that. Um, So we had to take the bumps in the road this year. And I think the last two months or so, I think right now you have your top six pitches for next year. Uh, There's no question one of the benefits of this season Mm -hmm. is grooming players to this level, mm-hmm. um, maybe exposing them to what it needs to yep. be done before they're actually at the level they need to mm-hmm. be to perform at this level. Uh, I think that's the difference between Savali and Plesak, for example, as uh, they did have enough time to develop yes. and there were enough veterans in front of them yep. to lead them. Unlike this one, 
in this scenario is where all five starters were gone, mm-hmm. and you were scrambling to fill that. Yeah, you void. were going bullpen games almost every day. Right, you were scrambling to fill that void, and in the process, you don't have that veteran presence of uh, someone to talk to to go through a routine to get ready for a major league ball game. Uh, you know, Shane Bieber had that in front of him with Carrasco and Kluber Kluber and others. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the others had Bieber Mm -hmm. and that scenario. So, you know, you had Carrasco who, you know, went through cancer and everything Mm -hmm. and and was able to come back and have the season that he has had, you know, uh, and be the leader that he was a part of this uh, team back before they traded him this past off season. So I think, there's a lot of factors involved in that. And, uh, you know, what? we're going to talk more on the Indians here in a little bit. But I do want to take this opportunity now to uh, bring in Mark Means, mm-hmm. who I had a chance to talk to on the phone uh, just a little bit ago. So we're going to bring in and talk about the upcoming high school football season on Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting as Mark and I will be teaming up for the high school football season uh, that starts this Friday. Uh as we will have Western Reserve traveling to Liberty to, uh, to kick off our season. And then week two, we have the Mooney and Hubbard game. So we have two fantastic mm-hmm. games to start the season. Really looking forward to two great storylines. And we really didn't get into that in the conversation, but there's a lot going on. And we're going to have Mark on again. I promise that's the first time we've had Mark on since we started the podcast, mm-hmm. believe it or not. I think I've been on his more than he's been on mine. But we'll, we'll rectify that because I want to get him on to talk about his experience with Grove City. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenomenal uh, story there and everything he's doing and his return to the broadcast for them mm-hmm. this season. So we're going to get to all that here. But let's first take this uh, opportunity to bring in Mark Means from Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting, my high school football partner in 2021. It is now my pleasure to bring in my new high school football partner this year in broadcasting on Western Reserve Radio, a man I've known for many years, and we've been uh, talking about working together for many years. It's finally going to come true. It is uh, Mark Means from formerly of WBBW and then are actually still part of WBBW, but now, of course, part of West Reserve Radio. Mark, how you doing? I'm good. I'm excited. It's high school football time finally. It is. We got a we got a big schedule coming up. We open up in Liberty with uh, Western Reserve and uh, the Leopards. Just take a moment. You talked to both coaches so far this year. What, what do you expect for, out of both teams? You know, it's going to be interesting because you know Coach Lou didn't really get a full season last year, getting hired late in the year at Western Reserve. So he's had a full chance to uh, you know put his stamp on the team for this year. He's got a couple of really young quarterbacks battling for the job, a sophomore and two freshmen, but they have an experienced running back back and a good linebacking core back, so they've got a lot of good returners. Liberty, on the other hand, you know, Joe Simon, we all know him from his days you know, as a writer. Uh, back at his alma mater coaching at Liberty, they've always got a lot of speed. They've always got a lot of skill. And, uh, you know, rumor has it they're going to spread things out and uh, try and take advantage of some matchups with their athletic ability and spread the field and see if they can put up some big points. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an exciting opening game. And then week two, we're over in Hubbard for uh, the big clash between Mooney and the Eagles. You know, and that's interesting because the two of them really haven't met on the field for, for the regular season since the late 70s. And uh, they'll play that game at Memorial Stadium in Hubbard week two. And, uh, you know, one of the things you and I have been talking about, if you're going to that game, I plan on getting there early because it's going to be a big crowd. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to both these two weeks to start the season. Uh, Obviously, you and I have known each other for close to 25 years, if not longer. And uh, we've had opportunities to have some fun with the GDFL over the years. But this is the first time we're doing high school football. And it's going to be unique. It's going to be two play-by-play guys working together. And you know what? We've kind of worked things out between us doing some of those GDFL games. As you mentioned, we're just going to kind of you know, take turns handling the play-by-play duties week to week throughout the year. And uh, it, it's going to be interesting because you're going to get uh, you know a lot of detail with two play-by-play guys calling a game and uh, a schedule that's pretty loaded the first half of the year for us with some really big football games. 
Yeah, yeah, all of it, of course, on Western Reserve Digital Radio. Everybody knows about that. But also, we are partnering with uh, the radio station you're so familiar with in DDW as a uh, network. Yeah, we're, we're we're really kind of working out those final details, and I know we're coming up close to uh, the, the high school football season starting on Thursday night. I think there's, what, four or five games on Thursday before the schedule gets into full effect on Friday. But, uh, you know, Looking forward to the part, the potential of that partnership to expand our high school football coverage. And you throw in the fact that, uh, you know, the guys over on Western Reserve One, which, uh, Jim Craven and the coach Bob Gessler are going to be calling all of the Springfield games. And boy, you know, a team that's gone to the state championship two years in a row, Tim, they don't get an easy start when they, they have to host South Range, who might be one of the better teams in the Valley this year. Yeah, it really is a going to be a great way to uh, watch high school sports this year. Actually, listening to it on the radio through uh, Western Reserve Radio, you know, I look at what Jim and, and, and Coach are going to have uh, just following uh, Springfield this year. It, it's a loaded schedule. And, uh, you know, this team has high expectations after uh, finishing a runner-up the year before. When you've got a quarterback back like Bo, Bo Brunkard, who's going in his third year as a starter, you're always going to have high expectations. And of course, you know, getting a lot of looks from many different levels at the next level. And he'll have to make some adjustments. He won't have his older brother in front of him snapping the football this year. They're going to have a loaded schedule where they're going to have to play some big games like South Range, Western Reserve, McDonald, just to name a few. So, and it's got to be tough when you're a team that's been in the state championship two years in a row. Every team's going to have you circled on their schedule when it's time to go play them. And probably the most fun part is we get to have fun with our our engineer back at the uh, studio and Dave Ferris trying to run two shows at one time. Yeah, Dave's done a lot with me over the years. Uh, you know, he's helped with the broadcast. He's done stats for me. Now he's kind of going to handle master control back at the, you know, the main studios in Struthers for Western Reserve Radio. And uh, he does a great job keeping it all neat and tidy, as they like to say, to keep us on the air. All right. Uh, everybody knows Anthony has helped me over the years with stats and that, but you also have a uh, guy part of the team this year. Talk about the one who will help us with, with stats also uh, during our games. Michael Rickard took over in 2019 and did stats for me. I uh, finished up the end of the season, and, you know, just like with you and Anthony and me and Michael, you kind of develop that uh, that where you kind of know what each other's doing, and he he tends to act more than just a stats guy for me. He'll be a spotter. He'll kind of update you. You know, if somebody throughout the game is about to hit a significant statistical moment, like he's going to go over 100 yards rushing, 250 yards passing, 10 catches, you know, whatever a significant moment may be, he does add a lot to our broadcast to throw those things in because it, it may not be something you and I are thinking about while doing the play-by-play, but still something important to get to the listeners. Uh, there's no question about it. It takes a team to get a broadcast on. And, Mark, I'm looking so forward to this year. I, I know I got a packed schedule, as we talked about off the air and I talked about prior to coming on here. I tell you the truth, uh, working with you and Jim and everyone at, uh, at Western Reserve Radio has just been a, a pleasure, and I can't wait to get started this Friday. Yeah, I can't believe the season is already here especially after missing the season last year. I, I've been looking forward to it and counting down the days. And I was going to use this in our pregame show, but I'll tell you right now, Tim, it'll be 623 days between high school football broadcasts for me, so you know I'm excited. Oh, my God, yeah. It's been a, a long run for you waiting for uh, this uh, Friday to get here. It's going to be a lot of fun, you and I. All season long, we're going to have a few guests along the way. But in the most part, it, it is the Mark and Tim show. So with uh, with the help of Anthony and Michael uh, Rickard, so it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. Can't wait to kick things off 640 on Friday night. Mark, thanks a lot for coming on the podcast. We'll all talk to you, uh, obviously, before Friday, but definitely Friday. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. That's Mark Means from Western Reserve Digital Radio. My thanks to Mark Means for coming on the podcast once again. And uh, Mark and I will be teaming up this year on West Reserve Digital Radio. Uh, uh, I think I paused a couple of times. Couldn't remember which which outlet mm-hmm. I was working with him on. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, There's so much going on in in different directions. That at this point, you, 
You just hope to get up at the right time and remember what day it is. Hey, I, I swear to God, I, I got a lot going on, but that's that's all right. Uh, should be a lot of fun. So football season, as we just talked about mm-hmm. with Mark, we got the high school football season starting on Friday. Uh, the following Friday, we have the Mooney and Hubbard game. game. Excuse me. And then I also will open up the season on Saturday in uh, Lawrence County. I'm not sure what the game is yet. Uh, James has not given me mm-hmm. a 100% schedule, but the t- first two Saturdays of the of the season over in Western PA, I will do those. The first Friday's games, I'll be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's week three or four. Mark and I have a bye yeah. simply because of uh, a conflict with, mm-hmm. I believe, it's the uh, uh, Dave w- won't be available. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Uh, one of those scenarios. And then we have another buy later in the season because it conflicts with the Phantoms. Yes. A broadcast on Western Reserve Divisional Broadcasting. Those weeks, I will be over in Western PA doing games on um, the Lawrence County Sportsnet. So we're working all that out. Plus, we have October, and I have things going on. Yep. We'll, we'll deal with it all as the season progresses. Just stay with us. I do hopefully plan on it be difficult, but the plan is to bring back the score scoreboard show. Mm-hmm. And of course the Penguins uh report will be coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll have the Ice Castle report coming back here real uh, matter of fact in a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, we start in uh what, two weeks? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so God. you and I will be back on for that. Uh, obviously, our weekly podcast will go mm-hmm. more weekly. On summertime, we take time off. Let's be honest. Yeah, because it's, it's just not a lot going on. No. It's baseball, and we both have things going on. So uh, we've been a little erratic uh, during this time of the year, but that's normal. Football season here. We will be back on a, pretty much a weekly basis, uh, barring any uh unforeseen uh, activities coming up. More than likely, we'll be doing what we've been doing in the last couple of years, recording on the way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've that, done that a few that times. That seems to... We've done that a few yeah, times. Yeah, that seems to work out pretty good. And, yeah. So, if everything works out, and I haven't worked out all the details, we're going to have some of our friends on the podcast. Uh, we're going to have to have Ray, Ryan Storff come on to talk about uh, District 10 mm-hmm. and up in Erie. Uh, obviously, we'll try to get Lee Moan on. Uh, well, James Dawson, uh, we're going to have Jim coming mm-hmm. on, maybe Coach Gessler uh, to come on and talk about everything going on. So we got a lot of possibilities here on the podcast coming forward. So you want to stay tuned for all that. And, uh, again, we always appreciate you downloading, uh, as we talked about many times. Uh, give us a rating review. Mm-hmm. Uh, feel free to give us any rating and review you want. We always like the best, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, as long as you're listening and downloading. We don't read them anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Probably true too, uh, <laughs> but we, we do read the good it. ones. <laughs> we do appreciate it though. So uh, anytime you can, anywhere you get this uh, podcast, if there's a rating and review system, please uh, let us know. All right, uh, football going up. The Browns play their preseason game uh, last night uh, or a couple nights ago. No big deal. It's preseason. Like I've said many times, uh, probably the most interesting part of that game to me was uh, Urban Myers coaching mm-hmm. his first game in the NFL with the with the Jaguars. And quite honest with you, I, you know, it, it ended up what I thought would happen. Yep. The Browns are the more talented team. Uh, they have young quarterbacks over there. They were challenged. And, you know, you got... It's going to be a long year yeah, for Jackson. Well, though, it yeah. is. And, but I think long-term... I love Urban Meyer. I think he'll be successful in the NFL. I could be wrong. I, I really do believe that's just, you know, the first game of a preseason that honestly doesn't matter. Um, no starters started for the Browns. Uh, it was a chance to get reps for your backup. Look at some of the guys who are marginal players. Mm-hmm. You had to make cuts today. Yep. I think five players from every team mm-hmm. were let yeah, go. Um, so it's all part of the process. Uh, they'll play again this weekend. They'll play it again the following week. Boom, bing, bing, bong. You know, the three games will be over. Then it's like a 10-day wait yeah. to the start of the regular season. So, uh, you know, last year we didn't have preseason games. I think it made it harder on coaching staff To evaluate. Yep. Yeah. But as a fan, personally, I could care less. I think yeah. you 
if you're a football fan, you want to watch football. And mm-hmm. I get that. And I 100% understand. I can understand getting well, excited for the first for, preseason game. Yeah, look at me for Christ's sake. I, we, we watched football in the spring. I had the yep. GDFL during the summer. And now we're, we're ready into football. I watch football all season long. So I get that. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Boy, you had your fill of our preseason football, didn't oh you? Oh my God, I've had a lot between of what YSU did in the spring, and you know we're going to get into that. Let's talk a little YSU right now. They're in uh, training camp. Yeah, and uh, you had news today. Yeah, just had their uh, just had a scrimmage last Saturday. Did not go uh, because who would want fans at a scrimmage when you're allowed and not publicize it? But that's where the marketing department uh, digress. Uh, I will be there Saturday. I will get there Saturday to give us an inside look. But uh, from what I'm hearing, when Doug Phillips said the quarterback job is going to be a competition this spring and fall, he meant it. Uh, Right now, it's a three-way competition, and Mark Waite's third. Yeah, we'll wait and see what happens. And that could be just that day. It could be just that week. But from what I'm hearing and... Yeah, my logic, uh, you don't bring in a guy as highly recruited and ranked as a Demiatric Crenshaw who set state records at Pickerington, mm-hmm. uh, who had offers from Indiana. Luke Fickle is at his high school championship game. Um, I believe Indiana also. Indiana always has good quarterbacks. Um, it seems to me that he's getting a lot of number one reps. Had a nice game Saturday, nice control scrimmage. I believe he was 9 of 15, 71 yards. Also had 45 on the ground. Not bad when you're when you're only being touched. Um, and that's what he came in as as a dual threat. But the, uh, the thing that caught my attention also was why issues leading receivers in the scrimmage were not on the roster in the spring. And which is probably good um, because that that stunted. Any quarterback's growth and development. If you don't have receivers getting open, yeah, well, we've seen that. Then you're you're going to take a lot of sacks and a lot of negative plays. This spring um, was such an it was disaster. It was yes, exactly. it was a disaster. We were both saying the same thing at the same time. It was just an utter disaster. Uh, we had a first year head coaching staff who was in over their heads. Yeah, and just everything that went could go wrong did go wrong, and I am. Truly trying to be as open and as, uh, not sympathetic, but open meaning clean slate. Let that be just a opportunity for him to get to know the players, the players to get to know him, and, and institute a system. Now, I'm not thrilled with the system that I've seen, but I'm hoping that was just because of, of the scenario they were in and the uniqueness of a spring football season that we had. Uh, Let's see what happens once the season begins and they have a chance to play on a weekly basis mm-hmm. and they get to do the things that they more. need to do to be successful. And I'll be more than happy to have a full opinion of Coach Phillips after four games this year. I may be upset or I may be thrilled. There's only ten games this year, so you want to give him four? Yeah, I think four games into the season. after the, what Are we you... see, Before getting... To the point where I said, okay, this I is, think this guy is in over his head or not. Are you going to count the Michigan State game as one of the four? or you how, you, how you compete in that game? Compete, how you perform, and how just how you perform in the game okay. matters. If you lose 55 to nothing and you have absolutely no offense, no defense, yeah, I'm going to hold that against mm-hmm. If you lose, you're competing and you lose 55 to 7... All right. At least you're moving the yeah. ball. At least you did something. Maybe you just scored in the last minutes. Who cares? Whatever the case may be. Uh, you want... I think you judge everything on, on a competition level. Uh, you know, when well, you go back to the days when... Uh, in the last few coaches that had to play mm-hmm. the Division One schools, how you performed in those games mattered. Not necessarily uh, looking for the win. Obviously, being pit. You know, that and we came close against Illinois, and then yes. pit a couple years later. And, and we're we had West Virginia down at halftime in sixteen. That sixteen yeah. team was really good. Well, and I'll even go this far as saying they were competitive at times and led yes. Penn State at halftime. They were tied, or they were beating Penn State 
at the end of the first quarter, Wolford's first or second year. Right. Um, and the game I went to with Haycock, they were tied with Penn State or beating Penn State at the end of the first quarter and only with only down seven or ten points going to halftime. And that Penn State team went to the Rose Bowl. Right. My, my point is how you compete yes. in those games matter. Do you expect to win? No. no. You hope to win? Yes. yes. You know, it's, it's just that type of scenario. But how you compete in those games really do show about how a coaching staff affects what do you, it. For what are your thoughts on their new practice uh, schedules of going halves? Half of the team at one time in the morning and half the team in the afternoon, something he picked up from Iowa State and Matt Campbell. And Iowa State's had a lot of success the last well, couple of years. Well, you have the numbers that you have at the collegiate level. Mm-hmm. You can do that. And I think you get a better look at all the players. So that makes sense. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, that's, I ca- that's smart, efficient use of your time. Yes. And there's nothing wrong with that. As a matter of fact, that makes a lot of sense. It does. It's, in a sense, it's a way around two away. Two, two days. days, yes. Because obviously you, you, the same player ain't playing in the first yes. and the second part of the day. But you're also installing your program. You're getting live reps more as a player. Yeah, instead of, yeah. You're getting more consistent reps. You know, if you have... 40 players on each mm-hmm. thing, then you have, you can split it 20 and 20, meaning mm-hmm. offensive, defense, whatever, special teams, whatever yep. you're doing, and you can work on those snaps and at that given time. So I think it, it has some real relevance. Obviously, I do too. You know, that's what coaches do. They learn from others and they institute certain things that they like into their own program. So let's go through the schedule here. Only 10 games. As McNeese State, who was supposed to be September 18th, uh, they're not going to make it up because of COVID last year and the financial aspects. Um, So, home opener, season opener, back on a Thursday night, typical of what uh, Trestle used to do. At 7 o'clock September 2nd against Incarnate Word, the Cardinals went 3-3 last year in the Southland Conference. Uh, They can score with anybody, but they can't stop a, a fly. So it's going to be it's going to be a challenge for this offense if they can actually score points. If you get into a shootout, you're in trouble. Well, that's that's going to be interesting to see how the defense handles. And you cannot lose the opener. You cannot lose this opener. Well, you can. You can. <laughs> I mean, you, you it's can. Possible. It's, possible, it's possible. But you if you want to have a job, <laughs> if you want to have a job, uh, you don't want to start 0-2. Uh, it's you not want... like losing to uh, Valparaiso, is it? Or Butler. <laughs> oh, God almighty. God almighty. So, you get Incarnate Word. Then you travel to East Lansing and play Michigan State. And the Spartans have a completely remade offense after... Well, I'm not sure they put an offense out last year because they were downright abysmal in uh, Mel Tucker's first year. So, the Penguins play Michigan State at noon on September the 11th. Then they get a bye week. And the Penguins again get a bye week after the second game of the season. I had it a couple years ago. And then they host Western Illinois. The Penguins only night, or the one of, yes, only night game at home this year. And why we're putting Western Illinois as their only night game this year, well, I don't know. I think it's because of the time of the year. Okay. Uh, Traditionally, as you mentioned, Mm -hmm. uh, back in the, you know, I say traditionally, you go back 20, 30 years ago now. Uh, YSU used to play night games yes. the first month of the season. Mm-hmm. And then come October, go to the afternoon, go to the afternoon yeah. games. And, you know, like 1 p.m. starts. Yep. And I would love to see them get to a more traditional, traditional type of schedule. 4 Meaning, o'clock? Well, no. I don't like those. I like the, the 1 o'clock or noon kickoffs. And, okay. And just get the... Especially during that time of the year. If you do night games in September... Day games the rest of the year after that. I mean, if you're on the road and you get a night game because you're indoors, so bit. Yeah. You know, uh, obviously there's a lot of domes in, yep. our, in our conference. So, uh, you know, you have the Nakotas, you have Iowa. So you're yep. going to have opportunity to play night games, that type of thing, and uh, be exposed to uh, the network and stuff like that. But And maybe that has a lot to do with the times. The, 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 yeah, it's part of the conference and all that. Yeah, they probably have some say into that. So, but I personally don't like late afternoon football. 
I don't like the idea of waiting. So you're a fan of the 2 o'clock? I'm a fan of the noon 1 o'clock. 2 o'clock, okay. Even 2. I'd rather see 1 o'clock. I'd rather see 1230. I'd rather get Well, you want to get it out over with, man. Yeah, I want to wake up in the morning and get excited about a game, go there. You're like me. You don't like night games at all. Well, I don't mind it. I just rather... I find the the four six four o'clock to six o'clock kickoff times really a pain in the ass as a fan, and they're just they get in the middle of everything you want to do. I rather get up like you said in the morning, go and enjoy yourself, have a college football atmosphere, mm-hmm. uh, and compete than you know wait all day, wait all day, yep. and then have you know or say oh I'm going to go after Ohio State game. Guess what? You're not, going you're, not going, you're not going after the game. Nope. You're not going. You're not going to go. But if you have tickets, you're going to go. Yep. And that's my opinion. Uh, maybe they have better marketing and better information. But that's just you know how I look at I like the days where they used to have like a 1 o'clock kickoff. And yeah. boom, we're off. And, you know, by 3.30, 4 o'clock, we're on our way home. And the day, you know, you, you're celebrating because there was not, a lot of wins back in the day. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it was just a better atmosphere. I used to get anywhere between, you know, on a low crowd around 6 or 7 on a high crowd around 12 mm-hmm. or more. Yeah. As the, as the years went by, you know, obviously uh, the numbers increased. And you have a big stadium now. So take advantage of it. Try to draw people in. You have the campus has changed completely, mm-hmm. as we mentioned in the past. They have more students on campus now than ever before. There should be a effort. I think that would actually increase student participation to earlier the game because they don't want to hang around till four o'clock for a game. They were out to get in and go mm-hmm. and do their thing in the evening or whatever they want. I remember being twenty-one. I didn't want to be. You know, in the middle of the Half day. those kids are yeah. kind of three streets to the wind by four o'clock anyway. Well, so. That's my point. You want so, you want them you want them you want excited. them planned and ready to yeah, go. You want them excited in there oh, in the come stadium on. at noon. Nothing gets you excited like a contest at six o'clock against the Leathernecks boy. Yeah. Well, so October second, we head to our house of horrors in the Uni Dome against Northern Iowa. I don't think we've won there. It's in been a long 20 time. or 25 years. I, yeah. The last time we won there was like 97. Like, yeah. it's been yeah, that know, long. It's been... I, it's, it's been forever. So then you uh, come back home for homecoming. I believe it's homecoming. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the schedule. Probably is. Yes. Homecoming October 9th against Bobby Petrino and Missouri State. And then you're off again. You're in there by a week. Thank God. Uh, then you travel to Terre Haute to play Indiana State, and nothing's in Terre Haute, so... Get in there, get out with a win, and get the hell home. Then you come home to play South Dakota State, who went to the National Championship game last year. But South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits, are down their starting two quarterbacks. Mm. Gronowski, who started against us last year, right. is out for the season because of a leg injury he suffered in the championship game. Okay. I do remember Gibbs, that. who came in in 2019 and just ran all over us in the second half, is out again with an injury. So they got Chris Oladoke, and hope I pronounced that right, from Sanford, who came in against us when we played down in the uh, Crampton Bowl against them. And that kid can sling it around and he could run. So I don't think they're going to miss a, a beat. They're that good. Uh, their running game is phenomenal. So we're going to have our hands full against them. But then you get a week off, basically. You only only have to go play the preseason number four team in North Dakota. Slouch out there, your first trip out there. Uh, Penguins will return home for the home finale against North Dakota State, who by all accounts, I believe, is starting uh, Quincy Patterson, a Virginia Tech transfer. So they reload again after a down year quarterback last year for the Bison. Uh, And then we go to Carbondale, where again, we don't play well. I mean, we win there occasionally, but we don't we, we don't play well there at all. It's always been a place we don't play well there. Anthony, there's two factors that we always talk about when you grade a team. How well and focused you play on the road. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, the always thought is to play 500 on the yep. road. And then win your home games. For the most part, 
when YSU's been successful, that's been this. Yeah, they go undefeated at home, yeah. They do, yeah, or lose one. Well, and, one game, right, yeah. And they, they make up that mm-hmm. one loss on, on the road. road. yeah. Um, but that's that's how you do it. I mean, we've talked about it. They're going to have 5-5, five and five, I believe, this year. 5-0 five and 5 away. Yes, I believe that's what. 4-1 at home, 3-2 and two on the road would be huge. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that's how you, you have look a at that season. schedule. And to me, and, and obviously the opposite could happen. They could have yes. three and seven, and and you'll know that because of the home games. Obviously, winning home games is huge. If you can go two and three on the road and undefeated at home, again, you get the same type of number. We're Looking at about. that schedule, to me, maybe I got my red and white glasses on. There are five winnable games. Oh, yes. Are we going to win all five? I hope. I hope so. History tells us probably not. Yeah. There, that means there are five games where you're probably not going to win. History tells us, are you going to lose all five? Probably not. Because last year we penciled South Dakota State as a butt kicking, and we should have won that game by two scores. Right. So, um, I think, look, I don't think we're only going to go one and nine and win one game like we did last year, if we do, you might have to come get me from the home savings tower, whatever they renamed it now, because yeah. I'm going to be up there. Um, uh, I tell you what. Uh, let's, hope, so let's hope that... I just, think... I think I there think are five winnable games. That happens, <laughs> <laughs> Tim, I, I'm just hoping we don't have a repeat of the Butler game September 2nd, yeah, well, because once that game was over... I think you and I talked immediately afterwards, and we knew that season was done. We knew that season was shot to hell. Look, football doesn't change on any level. You have to identify your quarterback, and you have to build a team around their skill set. But we got eight to choose from. Well, that's fantastic. One of them has to emerge. If you have two quarterbacks, you, you don't have nine. Yep, you're right. So we've been down this road many times. The few times that YSU has identified a quarterback, they've been usually, pretty good. We usually have successful seasons, uh, no matter who the coach was. When you can't identify your quarterback and who they are, uh, that's when you have trouble. Yep. Uh, then, more than identifying your quarterback, build the offense around their skill yes. set. That is the most important thing you can do. And throw the ball downfield, please. Well, again, skill set. If you can't throw down the field, then you better have a, a hell of a good running quarterback. <laughs> you better. You know, and, and and he better be able to run the screenplay and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, he better be able to make quick reads because he can't hang on to the ball. But my whole point is last spring, you're not seeing an offense that fit either quarterback's skill nope. set. I'm hoping that changes this year. And then we go from there. Uh, we like you said, we got a we got a freshman who, who's getting snaps in, in training yep. camp. They have to get snaps. Yeah, absolutely, they, they have all to. do. And I think you're going to see this pendulum go back and forth between all the quarterbacks because a, I don't think they've identified. No, they have not, and they have time. And it won't shock me if we go in the first week of the season and we're. We're seeing who clicks. Tim, I think we're going to play two quarterbacks in the opener again. Oh, I think that that won't surprise me. I think you're probably going to see Wade and Crenshaw. Yeah, it won't surprise me. And then you're going to see one of them emerge. Hopefully. You have, well, you as a, as a coach have, have to, to make, identify. That, yep. make that decision. No matter who you are, very seldom in life, in football, it has happened. There are the exception to the rule. But you have to identify who your quarterback is and what they do. Very seldomly does a two-quarterback system work out. The one who made it work the best was Jim Trestle. And even at that was still kind of... Jim Trestle always said he always had one quarterback. He was always preparing Priring, the second yes. one to, and, to be available and to do the necessary... Things, yes. Things to be successful if he had to go to that quarterback. Uh, you can remember Ray Isaac mm-hmm. back uh, when he was that quarterback. He was the quarterback even though he had a very, very good backup quarterback. Yep. And there were times everyone talked about, well, we should change quarterbacks, and it never happened. Nope. And it worked out perfectly. And you identify who your quarterback is, mm-hmm. and you go to their 
strengths. And that's the most important thing. I mean, Doug Phillips has known more football than you and I will ever know. Yep. Even though he had a very unsuccessful first year. Uh, Let's give him the benefit of doubt. He will identify the quarterback, him and his coaching staff. Identify skill position players. And they'll put players around him, and they'll identify his skill sets and maximize their opportunity. If we don't see that, then it's going to be a three-win or less season. I mean, it's we're going to find out week one. Yeah, we'll know. We're going to find. Yeah, you, you, you're exactly right. Usually, we'll know. We'll know, we'll know. We'll know for sure after week two because you have to go to East Lansing, and if and they're not going to if you lose seventy-six to nothing because you didn't do the right things to prepare your team, then we know what's going to happen yep, the rest of the, the year. The wheels are going to come but off. But if you compete in that game and still get blown out because of the talent level, so be it. But if you compete and play well and you do the things that you're supposed to do and you give yourself opportunities to be successful in that game, then that's fine. But if first two games you do not do the necessary things to be successful, then, yeah, it's going to be a very long uh, season. We'll know right away. Yeah, I, I hate saying it. I said you're going to know games. a half in. I want to give them four games because of East Lansing. You yep. know, I don't want to say it's a bye because that's not fair. You're going to know. you get a bye in week three yes. and you come you, back for two yep. games. So you have, in a sense, you can split this season into four sports. Yeah. Uh, you got the first two games, you get a bye. Then you come back, you play two games, you get you a bye. bye. So we, think, yep. And then we have the rest of the season. So we basically can figure out what they're going to do by each little segment of the season. We'll know exactly what I they think. Stand. I think we're going to know by halftime of the Incarnate Word game what kind of team this is. I really do. It's possible. I mean, I think we're going to know if, and I'll even say this, this year more than any other year, I have no clue what to expect. Honest to God, I have no clue what to expect. We can see the team that showed up for the third and fourth quarter against North Dakota State and really competed. And the first three quarters against South Dakota State that really competed and had those guys beat and then came back and whipped up on South Dakota. Or you could see the team that basically flat out quit against Western Illinois and Missouri State. And as we talked earlier about the Indians and how their season's gone and Mm -hmm. how the late inning collapse of part of the story this year, that was YSU's football story the last few yes. years is that you get to a certain level in the game and they could not but finish the they game. They could off. not make plays to finish the game, yeah. Right. Either offensive or defensively or coaching decisions. For special teams, all, yeah. All played a part in that. Prevent defense. And, well, it's not even prevent defense. It was I remember the time they wouldn't go on fourth down and, Yep. Yep. You know, these are coaching decisions yep. as long as you go. He uh, kicked the field goal on twenty nothing, yeah. Right. These are all again, these are all coaches' decisions that matter. And you you should uh, make well. You should be able to make a decision on a a coaching staff on the decisions they make, and that's my point. Those criticisms are fair and real, and I don't have a problem with that. My point I was trying to make is that you'll you'll know exactly where your team is by not just the way they play, but the coaching decisions Mm -hmm. and how they they interact. Yep. Um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, this is a it's a pivotal year yes. in Coach Phillips' career because if it's a total collapse and like go, happened in oh. the spring, then let's be honest, it's going to be difficult for him to move forward. Yep. If it is, if they show improvement and they're four and six. Yep. All right. Now you have something you, you can you, build you with. You can build with. You're, you're, you're saying, we see the imprint yes. of this program. Mm-hmm. Um, if they're 5-5, five and five, you're, then saying you're, you're, you're going in the same direction. If they're 6-4 and four and they just missed the playoff type scenario because of everything going on, you, you're excited. Oh, yeah. And if they win more than six games, you know they're on the right track. But, again, I don't want to put all that pressure on it, but this is where he's at. I'm going to make this you is a where. Bet. This is where we're at in this program. This is a pivotal year in his four-year contract. Yep. Because, quite honest with you, and I, and he knows this, and I'm not going to say anything that no one doesn't know. Yeah. Doesn't know or doesn't expect. If there is a collapse this season, he can't stay. 
The thing is, why is you can't buy him out? He has to be man enough to leave on his own. We'll see what happens. And I'm not predicting that, and I don't want that to happen. I want him to go 9-1 and one and, and, and surprise the whole world. Damn right. Okay. Uh, or 10-0, and 0 for that matter, and surprise the whole world. But let's be realistic here. It's a pivotal year in his coaching yep. career. Because what happens from this point on, you can throw out last season, but you can't throw it out completely. Mm-mm. It's going to come back and be part of his legacy no matter what. So you either grow or you get left behind. And we're going to find out. I hate putting it on, but this is where he's at. After what happened this past yep. spring, this is where he's at. And four wins is the minimum that he has to get in my eyes. You'll know by ha- and I've said this many times earlier. You're going to know by halftime of the Incarnate Word game what this team's going to be this year. I think you, I, I think you're you're correct. You're going to get a a, a view of what they can be. Let's give him the first two games, the bye week, and the two games after to really evaluate it. I think you're right. You can get a, a window into what they could be mm-hmm. in the first game, and I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I think that is going to be. A really big window to those to see. It's not going to be a crack window. It's going to be a window you'll know exactly what this team can be. However, as a fair evaluation, let's give them the first four games, and then we'll know. I'll be the first to say, you know, I was last year. I was off the bandwagon early. Yeah, you, yep. And I'm not. He's going to do have to do a lot to prove to me. I have to give him an opportunity to prove himself and. I really think after the four games, I mean, they could literally be two and two. They should be two and two. They could be three and one. They could be zero oh and four. They could be one and three. I mean, all those possibilities are there. We'll know. We'll have at least an evaluation of where they're at after four games this year compared to the six games they played this past spring. You should be going into October. You should be two and one. You should be at Incarnate Ward at home. Yes. You're going to lose to Michigan State. Fine. You should clobber Western Illinois. Let's put it. You should beat them by 14 points. And they never do. Most of the time, no, they don't. Yeah, so we'll see. (laughs) Under Polaniak, a couple times they whipped them here at home. So you should be 2-1 going into the Uni Dome. We thought they would beat them last year. You're probably going to lose to Northern Iowa. You'd be 2-2. I think you can... Head into South Dakota State at four and two. Well, let me even go back to what you just said. Okay. About the Northern Iowa game. Okay. Real quickly. Okay. I believe that's the game we're going to find out this coaching staff can make it because it's on the road. It's a must-win scenario. If they lose that game by two, three, four touchdowns, we know where they're at. If they if you compete, compete and lose, if they compete and lose, it it'll depend, suck. It and it all depend on how that game is lost. I hate saying it that way. If it's a late game collapse, collapse like it always has been there, it's a frustration. Yep. Okay. If it's a game where you have a chance to win but you don't make the right decisions, that will hurt more. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of yes. There's a lot of scenarios here. I, I think so. You're saying Northern I'm saying Iowa, the Northern Iowa game will be the game that will make the most evaluation of what's going to happen. That game, to me, is the season in a nutshell. I think the opening game is, like you said, is if there's a must-win to get your You have to win that game. To get off to a great start, you know. A feeling I don't you, care if you yeah. win three to two or fifty five right. to fifty three. Put it in you the win call. Have to win that football game. Put it in the win call. Exactly. And then, like you said, and we'll see. But that Northern Iowa game, in my opinion, mm-hmm. will be the game where we can legitimately evaluate where this program's at. It, you're probably going to be two and one. Knock on wood. Going into that game, you lose by two or three scores. And you're probably losing Missouri State. You're, you're probably not losing a successful football team until you go into somebody's house and win. Yes. And somebody's house that has dominated you. Or yep. somebody's house that you've always had trouble in. Yeah. And Sooner or later, you got to get that monkey off your back. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, I, I don't care what coach it is. I mean, over yeah. the years. Trestle, Haycock, Wolford, Pelini. Yeah. We, I mean, we don't Trestle win Trestle was the only one that had any type of success there. 
And he was below 500 still against them, I believe, yeah. still. And he won a couple playoff games. Though. Yeah. And that, and that obviously the biggest games. Yes. But my point is you have to – that's the game, in my opinion. That's a good point. Is going to be the microcosm of the season. You'll know exactly where this program stands going forward and how they react on the road in Northern Iowa. And Northern Iowa kicked your butt last year at home. Oh, my God. It was crushing. It was 21 nothing. Yeah, it was even a close game. It felt like fifty-one nothing. It wasn't. Close you game. never had a chance. You didn't even cross the fifty-yard line, if I remember right. Yeah, I don't think you crossed midfield until late second half. Yeah, so it was disgusting. It was ugly. Um, it was. It was a play not to lose by fifty. Yeah, game not. And Northern Iowa was not very good last year, no. so you know they're going to be better this year. So, uh, you want you want an evaluation right. of this team, and you look at the season. The first two games are is, is kind of like a counterpunch game. Mm-hmm. Like you say, you have a team coming in that you should, should win. Should, should win. Beat. It's going to be a difficult game. Mm-hmm. It's going to challenge you, which is important. I and like then, it. And then you get a game that's going to extremely challenge your mental capacity. Yes. Your physical and mental capacity in the East Lansing. And then you get the bye to get better, to get healthy after that, that big game. Mm-hmm. And... You have two game stretch. Yeah, by week four, we'll know exactly where this program's headed. Yeah, and, and it really comes out of it. In the NFL, we talk about taking it in quarters. Mm-hmm. You know, four games, four games, four games, four games. Now we have the extra yeah. game, but for the most part, you can do the same thing. Uh, don't want to get too excited if you're zero and two in the season. It's not a great thing in the NFL, but but you, you can bounce back from it. You have fifteen you, other games. If to go, you're yeah. playing well and go, and, you know, you feel yeah. like you may have a chance. If you're getting blown out, then you know you're dead. You know, mm-hmm. but you want to be two and two at the end of four. If you have a winning record, you're three and one. If you have a great record, you're four and zero oh in the NFL. Mm-hmm. No matter who team you. Yeah. Are. Okay. I mean, you would break it down that way. Uh, every quarter. Every month, you want to see how you stand. Because as it adds up, you'll know where you're at. I mean, I always talk about counting your losses because you'll know more about mm-hmm. your losses than your wins. Why um, issue? We're going to be counting our losses. I mean, obviously, the opening game, as you mentioned, is a must win. Yep. If that goes into the wrong column, you're in trouble because you're, you're in big two. trouble. And then you're really facing uphill battle in yeah. the next two games. So, yeah. You're right. Opening games, basically a must-win. Game three is a must-win. Game four will be the evaluation. I think if we go in and we hang tough and lose a close one, it's going to suck again. But if that happens, game five matters a lot. How you rebound from Home that. against Missouri State, a team that you had to lead last year on but Here's, got away from you. Right. For example, yeah, and that was another disaster game. Um, how you bounce back mm-hmm. from a road loss matters, and to prevent long losing streaks. So we'll see. I mean, this is where this program's at. It's and it's 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 not over the edge, but it's plateaued. It's not a high plateau. So again, I look at weeks one and three as must wins. Mm-hmm. Me too. And week four is evaluation. Week week one and three to me are like those quizzes. Yeah, you get in school. Yeah, see where you're at. See where you're at. Week two is like, hey, it's an extra credit. It won't count against you, but if you do well, we'll count a little bit for you. Yeah. Week four is the midterm exam. I mean, that to me is the midterm exam against Northern Iowa at Northern Iowa. That could be the final exam. Yeah. I hate to say it, but uh, week four could be the final exam. Uh, you're going to figure it's, out it's, it's where the you are. Yeah. It's the midterm. It's so the midterm, you'll yeah. Know, you'll know like every student goes yes. into a midterm. Uh, if you do do well, you're excited mm-hmm. about the rest of the class, and you know you're going you're, you're heading in the right direction. If you have to, if you struggle in your midterm, mm-hmm. Man, you need to go down to the hall and yep, drop the class yep, and take yep, it back. Uh-huh, next year. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly where this seems at. To use a collision so, uh, uh, analogy. Week one is the uh, quiz to see where we're at. It's yeah. it's going to be a little difficult because it's a little summer reading. Uh, you had a little spring reading, too. 
and they're going to expect you to come back ready because you had some time off. Uh, week two will be a little fun, and uh, see if you can't have some bonus points for some kids. Week three is another quiz that eh, they might throw a softball in there for you, like the uh, teacher, you know, hey, write your name and I'll give you an A. That's what week three should be. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest. And then week four is the midterm. Yeah. Let's see where the hell you're at. Well, no. And then I even say maybe week four is the big test, the review. Week five against Missouri State after maybe a gut punch loss on the road, that could be the midterm. It's it's a two yeah. it's a, it's a maybe it's a two part midterm yes, it is. that uh, yes, they it always threw at you. At it the is end because was, you uh, got a home and away. Yeah, uh, you really do. So yeah, it is a two parter. But we'll know a lot we, on week uh, four. Yeah, and then after week five, you'll know exactly where you're at. Yeah. but there's no question. Um, by week five, we'll know if uh, this team honest, has it or not. We'll we'll find out if if Doug Phillips has a future. Well, Tim, it is really good to be talking with Penguins football again. Uh, two things. A, let's get you to the tailgate lot this year, and let's get you to a game. We need support this year. I know there's not much excitement, but I'm going to try my my damnedest, if that's even a word. I don't know if it's a word. I'm going to try my damn best to get people excited. I'm going to try my hardest to get people there I will plug each week on Facebook and Instagram to get you there. I will plug it here to get you there. Maybe I'll buy tickets again. I'll give away tickets again. Um, Let's get people there. But as Tim mentioned in the opener, we will be back in two weeks for the Ice Cash Report Episode 1 as we preview Incarnate Word. Tim and I will be back each week recapping the Penguins' previous game and previewing the upcoming game. September 2nd, 7 o'clock, Incarnate Word, their first ever trip to the Ice Castle. Uh, YSU playing a Southland team again for the first time in a long time. We have some uh, some success against those schools. So well, hopefully it uh It's good to bring in a new team. Yes, it is. It's, and it's, it's, a kind of, it's exciting. It is. It's not the same old, same old. It beats the uh, Canes or Robert yeah, Morris's exactly. or St. Francis's. And, the same old, same old. Yeah. That's what I call it. All right. Uh, Anthony, I don't know what else to talk about. I think we did about everything we can here yeah. tonight. Uh, stay tuned for high school football this Friday. Uh, Mark Means, myself, and the whole crew will be there. Buy can- Tim some Red Bull, please. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's going to need it. And then uh, the following week, not only do we have Mooney and Hubbard, I start the uh, season over in Western Pennsylvania mm-hmm. with the uh, Lawrence County Sportsnet. So, uh we're going to have James on here shortly. My thanks to Mark Means for coming on. Anthony, always great to talk sports with you. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll get more into it. And uh, just for the hell of it, go try That's right. <laughs>